A key component of the modern world economy, the chemical industry delivers products and innovations to enhance everyday life. It is also an industry in transformation, where chemical executives and workers are delivering growth and industry-changing advancements while responding to pressures from investors, regulators, and public opinion. Discover how leading companies are approaching these challenges here on The Chemical Show. Join Victoria Meyer, president of Progressio Global and host of The Chemical Show, as she speaks with executives across the industry and learns how they are leading their companies to grow, transform, and push industry boundaries on all frontiers. Here's your host, Victoria Meyer. Hi, this is Victoria Meyer. Welcome to The Chemical Show. Thank you for joining us today. We appreciate you helping to make The Chemical Show the number one podcast in the chemical industry, and there is still room for us to grow and increase our impact. So how can you do that? Share the show with a colleague or a friend, give us a five-star rating and leave a review on Apple, Spotify, Podchaser, or one of your favorite podcast uh, apps that you listen to. And if you're not a subscriber, just head on over to thechemicalshow.com where you can subscribe directly from our website to your favorite podcast player and also subscribe to our mailing list. So as regular listeners, each week, you guys know, I interview executives from across the industry discussing key themes, sustainability, supply chain, innovation, digitization. Today, our focus is digital and chemicals with a couple of special guests. Jay Batia, who is the CEO of Agilis Commerce, and Christoph Carberry, who is the CEO of Special Chem. This episode, and you guys that are here live with me know, is being recorded as part of a, the Chemical Show Live. Um, it's also getting published as a podcast through all of our regular channels. Um, so super excited to have uh, Christoph and Jay here. Welcome to the Chemical Show. Thank you, Victoria, for everything else. Yeah, absolutely. So Christoph, I would like to start with you. What's your origin story? How did you get involved in chemicals and what led you to start Special Chem? Well, like Jay, I'm coming from the chem industry. Before starting Special Chem, I spent like eight years working for a company you would call today Arkema. And basically, I had different jobs in different, you know, in purchase, marketing, uh, and strategic planning. And um, I created Special Chem out of the frustration to be a marketer in the chemical industry. Marketing is so important, and in, in specialty chemicals in particular, to create innovative products, understand where value is created, differentiate your products, find the best markets. It is very important. At the same time, it is very difficult in our industry because it is very fragmented. It is dealing with hugely complex value chains all over the world. So marketing, very complex, very needed. I created Special Chem to resolve this tension to make a better marketing, provide digital marketing services to the chem companies so that they can make it faster, more scalable, more predictable, more effective, less expensive, et cetera, et cetera. That's the story of me starting Special Chem out coming from the chem industry. Awesome. That's good. And I know we'll probably get back into some of those elements later. Jay, how about you? Share a brief intro. And I know, in fact, People that have been listening for a while know that Jay was, uh, this is his second time on The Chemical Show. He was also on episode five way back at the very beginning of our, our journey together. In fact, we were just chatting that 
on that first episode, we actually had to record it twice because our audio was so bad. And then after we listened to it, we're like, oh gosh, let's do that over. This time is a one and gun deal. So we're going to make it awesome. But Jay, go ahead and give us a brief intro to you. And then also share with us a little bit of how Agilis has evolved since we spoke two years ago. Yeah. Thanks, Victoria. Hey, happy to be on the show again and congratulations. Uh, you have Thank made you. the chemicals so the so the podcast for the chemical industry. I'm very happy to see your growth, <laughs> getting our startup venture into the orbit and scaling it up. So uh, those who don't know me, I, I'm, uh, I'm a chemical industry veteran like Christoph. I spent 20 years in the industry working with some of the leading global players like BASF, Shell Chemicals, Exion, before starting my entrepreneurship journey. So I started Agilis five, six years back now. It's amazing, six years now. And um, the having a fun journey. Uh, like Christoph, I see the challenges in the chemical industry, which uh, I was always scratching my head that this is a $5 trillion industry, one of the foundational industry which has made transform a lot of help transform a lot of other industries. So why can it not transform itself by using some of the latest technology tools? So that was my call to action and loving it, every bit of it. So you asked me how Agilis has evolved since we talked last, which yeah. was in May 2021. Yeah. So first of all, we have seen tremendous growth in the past two years, just like I mentioned in that podcast that during the pandemic brought the awareness but the real action happened after the pandemic was over because during the pandemic, people didn't have bandwidth to start new projects, although they recognized the need for digital. But as soon as the pandemic got over, the, they were all ready. A lot of producers and distributors were ready with the budget, with the projects, and we've been busy like hell. So that is a good thing. So we have grown both in terms of customers as well as platform development. And then a couple of things. One, most importantly, we are re, we we are not where how we have evolved based on the customer feedback and building for customers. So we are not only an e-commerce portal company. We are still within the digital commerce, but digital commerce means a lot more today than just two years back. So we have our whole platform has evolved into a modular fashion. So we have six distinct modules. I won't go into the details. I don't want to make a sales pitch, but suffice to say that everything we have built is based on the customer feedback and specific use cases from chemical producers and distributors. That's interesting. And you've also changed your name, right? So you went from Agilis Chemicals to Agilis Commerce. Yes, and that we we recognize that uh, you know just like any startup, you just start with whatever makes sense, and then you get a feedback, market feedback, and then we saw that a lot of our customers or prospective customers were getting confused with the name in chemicals. Generally, implies you are a producer or a distributor, right? So we wanted to make it very clear that we are not in your business. We are here to help you improve your business, but we are not your competitor. And then, so that was the uh, you know reason behind changing the name, which brings more clarity, and more focus. Yeah, yeah, awesome. So, Christoph, you've been involved in digitalization for almost two decades now. How has it evolved since you started? I mean, I think back. I was involved in digitization. We didn't call it that two decades ago. Um, but from your perspective, having you know stuck with it, how, 
what's changed? What's different today versus where you started? Well, um, we, we started with the vision on how uh, the digital technologies would um, enable marketing and overall the chem industry to connect better to, to, the, to the markets. Uh, this vision, I think at that time is still the vision we have today, uh, except that we were two decades too early. Basically, what we were envisioning that would happen maybe in the next years, you know, just after the year 2000 would happen just after, they are happening really now. So we were a bit early in our, in our vision. So what we have been observing since then is not a revolution, but an evolution of the chem industry regarding uh, digitalization. It's a long process, uh, very, let's say, uh, transformational, but a step-by-step -step transformation. So uh, let's say at the, at the beginning, uh, and well, this industry is a very asset-driven industry. We, we all know that it is very conservative because it is asset-driven. Well, lots of money are, are put into, into building plants and also because it is dealing with dangerous products. So it is very conservative, more than every other industry I know. And uh, so if you are bringing to this industry uh, digitalization, innovations that are helping to improve efficiency, everybody likes that. But as soon as you change something, that you, you are just derailing a little bit, changing a little bit some processes, then it is becoming, you know, wow, uh, refractive to, to change. So what changed is not the industry. The customers of the industry have been changing quite recently. And because they are changing, then we, our industry is changing. By this pressure, this osmotic pressure that comes from, from the bottom, you know, from, from, the, from, the, from the value chains. Uh, most notably, what happened, let's say, in the last five to seven years, I would say, is that the customers are now in the driving seat. In the analog age before that, when I started my career, let's say the customers, uh, well, didn't have much to say. We as suppliers, we were visiting, I've been doing that myself quite a bit. We were visiting the customers when we wanted, when we had time, and we were pitching our product. Uh, and it was a, a, a sales pitch. Today, in the digital age, they are in control. They determine when they want to interact with you, if through which channel they want to interact with you. Uh, and the very first contact between a, a, a buyer and a seller is now a digital contact. So the very first contact is with a, not with a human, but with an interface that is digital. It can be a website, it can be uh, a, 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 web, a webinar that is recorded, it can be uh, a customer portal. It is in almost systematically a digital one. And it is happening when they want. Okay. So uh, it, it, it is changing tremendously, all the more as now they, they've got the choice to interact through different channels. Also, not only the, the, the moment, but also the channel. So they are really in control. And this is a complete reversal of the first contact that is changing the industry. And to, to, the, to the extent that, uh, you know, uh, the, the younger generation, they, they, they have been, you know, raised, the millennials have been raised in this, in this mindset. And, and today, they, um, let's say 50% of them, this is an official Gartner uh, uh, survey, 50% of them, prefer a seller-free experience when they purchase something. A seller-free experience. In an industry 
that is you know still relying on sales forces to visit out customers in a very large uh, majority of cases. So well, th that's a big change. That's a very big change. And uh, this is explaining why the industry is, is moving, let's say the last five years. Because of that, the industry, the leaders in the industry are understanding that and then changing. Yeah, that's interesting. So I think a few things that just to unpack a little bit. One, I think the shift from pull to push um, is really interesting, right? So, I mean, I was involved in uh, doing some e-business uh, startups inside a shell a couple of decades ago, you know, shortly after Y2K. <laughs> and it was definitely a push. It, we were pushing it out to our customers and hoping they would engage. Um, and I think this switch to being it more of a customer-driven, a pull from not just the customers, but I mean, the other thing you talk about is we've got a lot of digital natives. As we, um, if, as we look at the younger workforce coming into the industry, they've grown up digital. Um, as we look at what we do on a personal basis, so much of what we do is digital, digital research, digital booking of hotels and flights and what have you, um, that there's this absolute expectation that it translates into the B2B experience. Um, and I think that's that becomes really critical in terms of, of this evolution and in the evolution of mindset, that it's less about what's in it for me as opposed to what's in it for the customer. And it has to be really customer centric. So, so I think, um, you know, what, what prompted this episode and, and the chemical show live is um, seeing an announcement between Agilis and special chem that you were partnering to launch a new solution. Can you touch on that briefly? Maybe um, Jay, can you touch on that briefly? Yeah. Thanks. Thanks, Victoria. I think so, uh, you know, as I've said on the last episode, like this, the challenge in this industry is huge. It's not unsurmountable, but like Christophe described, because this is an asset-driven industry, uh, the companies, chemical producers and distributors are used to doing business certain way, but also implementing software only through IT department, through capital projects. Yeah. So in we believe, we firmly believe that challenge is big enough that this is not just one company can solve it. We are here to collaborate and work with other companies wherever we find that it can be benefit customers. So this is all about keeping the customer's view in mind. How can we build a better solution? So we bring the software, we have built the software expertise. We have already built something uh, you know, unique for the chemical industry and Spatial Chem has 20 years of experience in dealing with the product data. So they are today the largest product uh, catalog platform in the industry. So they have a lot of expertise in how these product data should be con uh, uh, structured, configured, what buyers are looking for, how they want to access the product data. And then like Christophe says, that when the first contact is digital, everything starts with the product data. Today in this industry, more than a million product catalogs are locked in PDFs. And even those lot of companies who claim that we are online, they put basically PDF documents online. That is not it. Your product data is super valuable. You need to, uh, you can literally turn that into a good customer experience and the marketing tell tool by uh, digitizing every aspect of product data. So that is where we see an opportunity to make things better in the industry for the customers. And that's why we are partnered with Spacecam. Yeah. That's interesting. I think that's really helpful. Um, and I think 
across the industry, what we see is a new entrance and new innovators in the industry. A lot of where the growth and the collaboration is, is through partnerships, right? So because you can optimize um, both of your knowledge bases, resources, know-how, et cetera, to make something better. So, so maybe let's, and yeah, I know that you guys have both had opportunities along the way to partner with companies. What do you find to be critical? Because I think this is an area that a lot of us, a lot of companies struggle with is figuring out how to select the right partners. What's critical in a partnership? What do you look for? Christoph, why don't we start with you? Yeah, so I think the most important is to share values and vision, first of all. Um, so, of course, you need to be, you know, complementarity in your assets in what you do, you know, and, and uh, combine your assets the right way. But if you don't have the right culture or the alignment on culture and, and vision, well, yeah. then it's, it's impossible. In, the, in our case, uh, what unites us, I think, is uh, the fact that we both come from this industry, Jay and I, from different, uh, different companies, but uh, we, we share the same... Uh, also, I would say passion for this industry. It is, we criticize it quite a bit, but I think we love it, <laughs> to be frank. And it's, it's the complexity, the variety, how strategic it can be. It is, you know, driving value in every other industries. We think, I think we, we really uh, share the same values on that. And we also share the same vision on how it needs to evolve. And by the way, a number of startups that uh, raised a lot of money, you know, uh, recently they want to disrupt, 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 rip off a part of the value from the, the value chain to their benefit. That's really not our view of things. We are all about enhancing, making it possible, having different kinds of solutions, you know, variety of offers, both of us that we can tailor, craft and offer to the different companies having different needs, different uh, level of maturities. And you know, we are really sharing that with, with Jay, to be, to, to be honest. And then awesome. uh, we're approaching the same thing with two different angles. Um, uh, they do software and e-commerce. We do, we are more service enabled uh, uh, platform uh, uh, dealing with uh, digital marketing. And what is the overlapping part is the product information. To sell product, you need information about the product. To market the product, you need product information, documents relative to the product. And we thought here, there is a lot to be done in the industry because if you look at this product information, historically, uh, it has been managed in a very poor way. It is disseminated in many different, uh, you know, uh, software, in emails, in Excel sheets, and, you know, in, in, in hard drives. Honestly, there is no platform for product information like there is for customer information. We all, every industry, every company now is putting their uh, customer information into a CRM. Well, this needs to happen, and it is, in fact, happening for product information, digitalizing, platformiz platformizing the product information. This is absolutely a, a cornerstone in every digitalization roadmap. Helpful. So, Jay, circling back to you on, on partnership, I know. So what, what we've heard from Christoph in terms of shared value, shared vision, what else is on your list in terms of what's critical in a partnership? Uh, I think so. I, I would expand on what Christoph said is the, the shared vision. So I think that is the first and foremost, but also the meeting of minds is the number one. And then the complementary nature of uh, whatever you're doing as a core business. 
So what Agilist does and what uh, Spatial Camp does is very complementary. They are focused on helping producers uh, how to market products more effectively. We are focused on how to take that more sales-driven approach, the digital commerce part. And of course, the product data is the engine for both of these activities. So big having a shared vision and values, uh, the complementary nature of the business and the complementary skill sets among the workforce. So Special Cam has a pretty big team who are experts on product catalog. We have one of the best software engineers in, in the chemical industry who are focused on building a software for the chemical industry. So that is that's uh, that is really helpful. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and then, yeah, every partnership is like you have to make it work, right? Uh, so it's like a marriage. <laughs> it is. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, awesome. So Jay, you, you maybe touched on this a little bit. In, during the pandemic, we saw real acceleration in digital. Um, frankly, because as we were all home-based, or many of us, I mean, some people were still in the office, and obviously our manufacturing employees were hard at work at manufacturing sites, but but just the changes that uh, since you know the beginning of the decade, we've seen this acceleration in digital. Is that persisting as people go back to the office and we go back to, you know, let's call it quote unquote, business as usual? Do you see it slowing down? What's happening? What's happening in the land of digital from that perspective? So the digitalization and digital commerce is ex- accelerating as probably one of the fastest pace that I have seen in the last uh, six years, and probably Christoph would reckon that he has seen in the last 26 years. <laughs> um, and that is because, as I said, uh, during the pandemic brought the awareness, but people, the companies didn't have bandwidth because along with the pandemic, there was a supply chain crisis. And then specifically for chemical industry, Texas freeze, what happened in your area, that that threw up the uh, entire industry. And that like for the last, uh, almost entire 2021 and quite a big part of 2022, uh, uh, suppliers were struggling to even meet the current customer's demand. So, uh, in fact, that so that is why digitalization or digital projects have accelerated as industry has come out of those uh, firefighting mode. And but but the real change is like Christoph said, is the customer expectations. Nothing will move a supplier more than a customer expectation. The customer's expectations have completely changed. Digital is no longer nice to have; it is a must-have. And that is driven by customers' uh, need. Yeah. So that's a good segue in terms of the value, right? So when I talk to people across the industry, there's often this question of where's the value, right? So there's a concern that as they digitize their sales process, they're not necessarily adding to their bottom line. Um, It is a costly implementation um, from a variety of places. So, So when we think about uh, digital, you know, so we look at customer-facing application investments. What do you see? Where is the value, and how do companies build a business case for digital and chemicals? I've been asked this exact question like uh, five years ago by the CEO of a Japanese company. He asked me, "Okay, uh, we are going. We are embarking with you in a in a program, and we are going to change our company the way it works." But okay. What is what my ROI is going to be? 
So my answer, a provocative answer has been, do you measure the ROI of your phone? Why that? Well, because to do business, you simply need a phone, don't you? Yes, for sure. So to do business in, in the world where customers are digitalizing very fast, uh, well, you, you need to do it or else at some point in time, you will be out of business. It is honestly as simple as that, long run. Of course, in a, in a less provocative way, uh, it, is, it is possible and even recommended to, to when you are implementing a new software, when you are hiring a team to digitalize, you need to have a roadmap. You need to have uh, an intention. You need to have an objective. You need to have you need to understand how you're going to create value by removing FTEs, freeing time, uh, doing stupid things in more uh, value-adding things, uh, and of course, getting new customers, better managing prices, of course. And I think you can really do that uh, in, in every... Uh, aspect of your of your digital roadmap, but at the very beginning of a digital roadmap, when you change, uh, it is quite frustrating because you cannot measure the results. It is all about building the foundations, doing the hard work, doing the things that will not pay off immediately, and uh, you should not get discouraged at that moment. The ROI comes. After, where you can measure, you know, when you got the first result, the first successes, then you can, you see, oh, yeah, we were right in doing this. Here, we could have done things a bit differently. But overall, this is kind, kind of positive. And then you can, you know, uh, go to the next steps of your roadmap, which is, or, which is never ending, by the way, because I don't think we, we, we will ever see the, the end of the digitalization uh, of, of the industry. It's, it's a process that is here to, to, to stick. And to, to the question before, uh, really, we have uh, at the beginning of 2022, we think at Special Cam that we, for the vast majority of the companies, more than 80% of them, there was a tipping point. There is, let's say, maybe 20% of them saying, yeah, you know what, we're going to go like we did before, the good old trade shows and our sales guys visiting again our, our clients. But for 80% of them, they understood, yeah, you know what? things will need to change. We, we cannot go back like before. So uh, these guys, not all of them uh, calculated an ROI when they said that, but they knew they had to do it. Yeah, so it's a bit foundational. It's, I mean, I think we recognize that, right? We have to do something. Um, but what's interesting on that too, so I think, you know, so there are a couple of things. There's, there's a bit of a leap of faith, which frankly, executives in the chemical industry are not very good at because we can manage and measure really effectively what the investment in a new heat exchanger is going to do for us. Harder to measure leaps of faith in the digital landscape. So, so that's one thing. But it also strikes me that, you know, one, just having the roadmap too, just, you know, that there's other questions that, that must arise. So, so when you look at this and Jay, what are the biggest questions and concerns that companies have? when they're considering a digital investment. And, and frankly, I'm just going to go one step further and plant the seed with this. That people, I think, sometimes don't know where to start. So what are their questions yeah. and how do you help them know where to start? Because that's often the hardest thing to do. Right. There, you're bang on. Actually, you started answering my uh, the, the question that you asked. The, the biggest challenge that we see for companies is where to start. That is, that is the first challenge. Because uh, digitizing, 
or implementing digital commerce, it is across the organization. It impacts almost all of the functions, but more, most importantly, it impacts your customer's life or how they do business with you. So that is where the biggest concern comes from uh, chemical producers and distributors. Oh my God, if I invest, even after investing these millions of dollars, is my customer going to adopt it? Are my internal users are going to use the channel? And uh, so that is that is the more scary part. Uh, and then this is where, uh, you know, I think, so my perspective here is that uh, this is also because the industry is used to that asset-driven mindset that everything needs to be a capital project. All IT implementation is a capital project. It needs to be squared down every square uh, comma and full stop and button down two-year project implementation team. And you you dump, you, you spend literally millions of dollars, even a single user will use the software. Well, we And say also, that, look, by the, the way, I'm going to interject on this, Jay, and you feel stuck because you, you feel made a choice and you feel like you're stuck with it forever. Yes. And even the, the, the reality is the software world moves so fast within that time, two years that you're implementing, things would have changed so much. So our view is that modern software doesn't get deployed this way. This is modern software, especially if customer is a user, you cannot afford to spend two years in configuring your solution. You need to take a lean startup approach launch your MVP, minimally viable product, get customer feedback as soon as you can, incorporate that feedback and iterate your solution. And that is where uh, this software as a service model, a lot of other industries have uh, adopted, chemical industry is relatively new to that, but this is that is where it minimizes, it, that model minimizes your risk because you are paying for use, you're not spending millions of dollars in implementation, but most importantly, it accelerates your speed to market. You get your customer feedback within three months. And that is very critical. And then, so so I think, yeah. Who has to be convinced? So I think about, you talk about the traditional software implementation. A lot of it was the IT department. If I think about SAP, maybe had a, you know, a little bit of a business component, a whole lot of IT and then business pain at the end as you try to use it. Um, when you think about these new platforms, yours and others, who's in the driver's seat inside your customers? Yeah, so we, uh, it differs from uh, organization to organization, but for us, we start with the business leaders because digital commerce is not your typical IT, typical IT solution. It is a sales channel. It it is going to impact the life of your customers and your uh, breadwinner sales and marketing teams. So business has to have an outsized say in in that matter, because uh, you know. And this is where also the the when it comes to digital commerce, it's more than an IT solution, more than an IT tool. It is your customer engagement tool. It's your business development tool. So we uh, I mean we always start and business leaders have a bigger say. Uh, and then, of course, this, this uh, I don't want to trivialize this, organizations are complex. So, of course, IT, IT departments have a much bigger say, and they are the ones who will be implementing. They are the ones who are accountable for whether the solution works or not. Uh, you know, And that is where the, there needs to be a meeting of the mind. And, and that's a complex process. This is like a multi-step 
stakeholder environment where you have to make sure that every step of the way that you everyone is aligned and moving in the right direction. So it strikes me that risk management plays a big role in this as well, right? So there's there's the customer risk, the implementation risk, and when we think about um, software as a service, it's it's the security risk, the cybersecurity risk. I would imagine is um, a big concern to companies. How do you tackle that? So so what do your company customers typically see as risks, and how do you tackle that, Christoph? Well, in the in the specific case of, of special cam, this is of course a very very important matter, uh, getting protected, and we got trainings uh, within our teams uh, all the time uh, regarding security. Uh, we are testing our, our people because most of the time the 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 the, 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 the cracks is other people into the organization. So training people is very very important in in, the, in this domain, but I would say. Uh, uh, for for a SaaS product, it is obviously you got best practices and you got uh, uh, qualifications of your software regarding uh, the, the the security norms you need to respect. That Ionic PIM, our solution is is definitely respecting, and so it is quite quite norm right now because SaaS is such a huge huge uh, part of the economy, not just the business part of the economy. That it is something uh, because the risk is is so is so generic and systemic. Uh, there are, I mean, there are rules that, uh, uh, when applied, guarantee a really high level of security. It cannot be hundred percent, never, but really very high. Yeah. yeah. And I, I, would, say, uh, I would like to, add, I would like to add on that. I mean, of course, cybersecurity risk is real and present danger, uh, and and no company is outside that, right? I mean, uh, even. Today's environment, even some of the best well-run organizations will also get uh, hacked. So it is it is a continuous task. Every day you have to make sure that, uh, you know, we, we, uh, your, your software is up to date. You are using the latest tool. You are uh, updating all the software updates. Your users are using the, it the right way. I mean, for us, this has been the pretty uh, hallmark of what, what we do. And we have... Some, you know, our engineering team where the people, uh, some of our engineering team leaders, they come from big organizations who have managed that risk at a much, much larger scale. In the last five years, we didn't have a single downtime. Now, doesn't mean that we are immune to it, but my point is that it, it's a continuous process. And whether small or big organization, you always have to take care of that. All right. Um, so... I'm going to bring us kind of to a close before we move into our Q&A portion. So, you know, just kind of wrapping this in, in 2023, um, what is going to be the focus, you know, maybe for your company and for your, for other companies across chemicals as they look at digital and chemical investments? Christoph, you want to start? Uh, yes. Um, I'd say it really depends on their level of digital maturity. So let's take the, the least uh, digital mature. Here, these companies, they are focusing on getting the basics right. I mean, here, having a website that works, that, that looks nice, uh, that can be found, that, that is well-referenced on search engines, having a CRM that is not only a sort of repository for core report, you know, these kind of basics. The most uh, digitally mature companies, it's, it's a bit different. Here, the big, big thing is, I think, becoming multi-channel. Uh, 
the big companies, well, the most advanced, I shouldn't say the big companies, the most advanced digitally, um, they know that they, they cannot only rely on their only website to you know, reach out to the market and get reached by the market as a digital channel. They have to be multi-channel and to perform on every kind of channel. I mean here, uh, a, a customer portal, an e-commerce portal, uh, platforms like SpecialCam, marketplaces, social networks, uh, uh, places where you are going to hire your future employees. So many different channels are, are important to be successful in this digital environment. And a website cannot perform well in for all of these targets, for all of these purposes. So the leaders have understood that, but then they struggle to find the exact channels they need, uh, uh, make a coherence or build a coherence through all of them so that the experience from the customers connecting through these different channels is the same. It means on the back end, you need to have systems that ensure coherence. Like for example, data is the same. That's a very big uh, challenge, I think, for the, for the most mature companies, um, continuously improving their uh, customer experience is also on the top of mind of the, the, the leaders. Um, uh, now I see also integrating with partners, with data. This is also something you know, that is the extension, the next step after you know, uh, uh, adopting different channels, becoming multi-channels, connecting with partners, is something that is also very important from system to system. Getting more value from the data is also something in the mind of every company, uh, but okay. And I, I could, I mean, if you launch me on this topic, it could last an hour. So I will, I will stop here. <laughs> I think we can, I think you've covered the high points. Jay, from your perspective, what do you see as the real focus for 23? Christoph summarized very well. Uh, and then I would, I would second that, um, the it it really depends on the digital maturity of the uh, of the company however the good news is everyone is advancing on that maturity spectrum the large organizations they have done their initial part of the implementation and measuring uh, results with some good some bad experiences uh, and they are tweaking their approaches uh, the medium size and smaller organizations uh, getting warmed up the the everyone recognizes that digital is the must have and uh, but i think the where the biggest focus needs to be or where is slowly creeping in is recognizing that this is not a one size fits all approach you need to understand your customers understand your markets understand the customer journey whether you're selling commodity chemicals or specialties or ingredients or plastics there are a lot of nuances there are multiple business models at play in this massive industry and each business model requires a slightly different solution than the one monolithic uh, e-commerce approach and that is where we have we are also evolved have evolved and continue to evolve our approach on getting more modular Awesome. Thanks. Well, this has been super helpful. Christoph and Jay, thank you for joining us today on The Chemical Show. And thanks for everyone for participating and listening. We've come to the end of today's podcast. We hope you enjoyed your time with us and want to learn more. Simply visit thechemicalshow.com for additional information and helpful resources. Join us again next time here on The Chemical Show with Victoria Meyer.